0: Good morning, and welcome to our online worship this morning. Pastor Leah is still on maternity leave for another month here, so thank you for worshiping with us in her absence. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who forgives all our sin, whose mercy endures forever. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you, and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things we have done and things we have failed to do. Turn us again to you and uphold us by your spirit so that we may live and serve you in the newness of life through jesus christ our savior and lord amen god who is rich in mercy loved us even when we were dead in sin and has made us alive together with christ by grace you have been saved in the name of jesus christ your sins are forgiven almighty god Strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. O God, you are the source of life and the ground of our being. By the power of your Spirit, bring healing to this wounded world and raise us to the new life of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our reading today is from Hosea, chapter 5 through 6. I will return again to my place, until they acknowledge their guilt and seek my face. In their distress, they will beg my favor. Come, let us return to the Lord, For it is he who has torn, and he will heal us. He has struck down, and he will bind us up. After two days he will revive us. On the third day he will raise us up, that we may live before him. Let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His appearing is as sure as the dawn. He will come to us like the showers, like the spring rains that water the earth. What shall I do with you, O Ephraim? What shall I do with you, O Judah? Your love is like a morning cloud, like the dew that goes away early. Therefore, I have hewn them by the prophets. I have killed them by the words of my mouth, and my judgment goes forth as the light. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax collection station, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in the house... Many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, he said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he had heard this, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous... sinners. While he was saying these things to them, suddenly a leader came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus got up and followed him with his disciples. Then suddenly a woman who had been suffering from a flow of blood for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she was saying to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be made well. Jesus turned, and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that moment. When Jesus came to the leader's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd has been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And the report of this spread through all of the district. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Jesus said, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy not sacrifice. Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees these words, but they are words that we all need to hear. Today, as we are able to read the Bible and know what the end result of Jesus' ministry is, we see the Pharisees as enemies, antagonists, villains, and quite possibly evil. With that mindset, it might be easy to think that Jesus isn't talking to us too but I have heard it explained that the Pharisees were actually not that different from you and me. The Pharisees were a group of leaders of the church. They were faithful stewards of their portion of Judaism faith in the time of oppression. They kept Jewish traditions going strong when doing so was a tricky balance. Traditions can be good. They can bring comfort to us. We are creatures of habit as humans, and especially as Lutherans. But among all the good they did, the way the Pharisees distorted their traditions allowed them to hold power. They were devout, but used their religion to further their own interests at times. Jesus not only sees through it, he has the audacity to call out these Pharisees, sometimes very publicly. The Pharisees, thusly, return the disrespect they perceive that Jesus is showing. And so, Jesus challenges the Pharisees to repent and use their willingness to uphold their their religious tradition of sacrifice for God's interests, not their own. When we hear of sacrifice, what do we think of? In the Bible, especially the Old Testament, we have five main types of offerings used for sacrifice. First, the burnt offerings, which were used for accidental sin, usually involved burning cattle entirely, with the burnt animal being God's portion. Next, a grain offering involved baking goods for God and sharing some with the priest in the temple. A peace offering was an event similar to what we would know as a pig roast, except again, the presiding priest got some choice cuts first before a portion was given to God and the others finished the meal. The final two sacrifices, the sin sacrifice and trespass sacrifice, were almost always animals slaughtered in a, as a way of atoning for one's sins. On one level, we see that it sometimes pleases God, at least in the eyes of the biblical writers. But I wonder if the destruction of God's creation truly honors God. Our lesson today from Hosea suggests not, and may be what Jesus is quoting. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God and not burnt offerings. And when I think about that verse, why would a creator be pleased with his creation being destroyed? God surely surely has no need to consume a burnt offering, or so I'd think. If I built a shelf for my son, and he wanted to honor me by burning it, that would not be pleasing to me. Another part of these sacrifices that I believe is not God-pleasing, is what the sacrifices demand of us. Think of today, all the movements and interests we have to give ourselves to. We have over 1.5 nonprofits and charities in the United States alone, and we can conveniently donate to the ones we like and ignore the ones we don't. We live in such a populous world that we can pick out the neighbors we like best and help them out, and let the ones we disagree with go hungry. We live in a world that throws around the word sacrifice flippantly. Its meaning has become so distorted that it has become a negative or a punishment. Think of the times we use that word. I sacrificed 20 minutes of my life to get this done. I sacrificed my Saturday night so I could sit through this performance. They sacrificed a perfectly good piece of wood for that shelf. We often use sacrifice as an alternate for spending resources on something I disliked. And even after 2,000 years, we take sacrifice, a gift intended to honor someone else, and instead turn it inward to something self-serving and focus on our own hardship. The emphasis on sacrifice went quickly from pleasing God to how much we were inconvenienced. And when our actions become self-centered instead of God-centered, We commonly call that sin. Where I believe we, as humanity, got lost, was that God does want a sacrifice, but he wants that sacrifice to truly be for him, not from him. We can say this sacrifice is for God because I sinned, but God can see through our words and into our hearts. This, I believe, is what Jesus means by desiring mercy. Jesus is trying to return us to what truly pleases God. Jesus instructs us to forgive the sins of others, just as we are forgiven by Him. It is part of the Lord's Prayer we use every week. If we are in doubt of our actions, we have to look at the who, what, when, where, and why. Are we sacrificing ourselves for people who really need it, when they need it, and it isn't just convenient for us? And not out of guilt for our actions, but out of love? Throwing money at a problem to get it out from under you isn't the sacrifice Jesus asks of us. Keeping people who truly need help at arm's length and drawing in the groups we handpick is not the example Jesus sets. Instead, he asks the Pharisees, as well as us, to actively engage those who need our help, when they need our help, and in ways that are truly helpful. Jesus wants us to get our hands dirty. God doesn't want us wasting his resources, or worse yet, calling our wasteful consumption of resources a sacrifice and claiming it is for forgiveness of sins. God doesn't have an ego that needs to be stroked. God instead tells us to help him heal the hurt in this world. Jesus affirms this in Mark 12 and John 13 when he shares his commandment to quote, love your neighbors as yourself. The scribe in those passages responds with, this is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Of course, I speak all of this to you, not from a place of authority or achievement, but one of guilt. I know the times in my life where I failed to follow Jesus' words, and those times flash through my mind randomly as I continue on my path through life. The good news is that Jesus doesn't expect us to bat a thousand. For you non-baseball folks, that loosely means to be perfect. Jesus knows that we will fail to show mercy. Jesus knows that we will not always love our neighbor. Jesus knows that we will allow our thoughts to turn inward. It is why we open every service with a confession of sins. It is why why many of our prayers open with us asking for Jesus' mercy. Despite the condemnation this reading sounds like, I believe Jesus wasn't out to make villains of the Pharisees that day. Much like Luther sought to reform the wrongs he saw in the Catholic Church, Jesus was attempting to bring the Jewish religion back to the glory he knew it could be. Jesus' teaching was not one of repudiation, but of love. Jesus knew the Pharisees' intentions were not always pure but desired that his example and sharp words would lead him back in the right path. Jesus wanted the Pharisees to take the energy and devotion that they had to their sacrifices and instead devote it to mercy. Jesus knows all of us in ways we cannot fathom, and he knows how to speak to us in ways that grab our attention and bring us to the realization of how we have become misguided. We often use the word repent to describe this. And repentance is not a negative word, but a positive one. When we repent, we are responding to the call of God that draws us closer to him. Jesus forgives us when we fail to show mercy, when we let opportunities pass us by, and when our focus turns inward. And we should not let any failures in the past give us pause in the future. We must always remember that we are children of God, and that no matter how badly we might bungle an honest attempt to show mercy, Jesus forgives us. And when we think we don't know what to do, we need to trust the Holy Spirit will guide us. God commands, the Holy Spirit leads, and Jesus bestows mercy upon us. When we follow this example, our actions will too be merciful, not sacrificial. The Holy Trinity describes mercy in its purest form. Amen.
1: Sway, direct protect. Fear for you the rock of ages are always near close by your side. Come, I know that you will strengthen my steps toward home. Then nothing can impede me, oh blessed friend. So take my hand and lead me unto.
0: And the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace, remember the poor. Thanks be to God.